out, we'll come out, we'll come to play. Just for recreation's sake to pass the time away. Lots of fun, heaps of fun, enjoy yourself today. North Melbourne boys are hard to beat when they come out to play. So join in the chorus, sing it one and all. Join in the chorus, North Melbourne's on the ball. Good old North Melbourne, the champions you'll agree. Good evening and welcome to the Ahern Look. Hi, I'm Nate Seven. Tonight I'm joined by G and 80 all the way from WA and Kangaroos Forever. Welcome, guys. Good day, mate. How are you? G'day, right? Now, this is, uh, we'll call it the Christmas special tonight and um, it's no longer the, the stern look, it is the, the Ahern Look. It'll be more about uh, the North Melbourne year in review, uh, the trading, the upcoming national draft, possibly a bit of the rookie, if we even can be bothered tonight, and we'll eventually get into all the questions, and hopefully we can answer Gasometer's question if I can really be bothered. But anyway, just to begin, Kangaroos River, what have you got with us with the year in review, uh, the delistings, and your take on, on that, and we were just talking about that pre-show, and how you see us moving forward from that? Uh, thanks for that. Uh, in terms of overall season review, everyone's heard my thoughts on the year as a whole. It wasn't a great year in terms of the final result. We should have probably pushed on further, but we lost a lot of momentum after that great start. We had an awesome start. Uh, the way we played was fantastic, but injuries, loss of momentum, running into some good sides, multiple six-day breaks, a lot of things just went against us, which is a real shame. And really pushing the finals, we weren't the same side that we were at 9 and 0. In terms of the actual list management and trade trades and enlistments, I'm no, not surprised that Brad McKenzie's listed. I'm a bit sad for him because I quite like Brad, but I could I could see that coming in terms of well gifting him games, but there wasn't that confidence of re-signing him by the end of the season. Joel Tippett, we all kind of knew that was going to happen, but the four that we lost in terms of Harvey, Ferrito, etc. Well, they'll, they're going to be big losses heading into next year. It's, it's going to be hard to replace that outside class, that goal-kicking prowess. Dalsano's going to be missed. Petrie's going to be missed, though probably not as much with the evolution of Brown, Wood, Dorr. I, I feel quite confident heading into next year that if we pick up the right players in this draft, long of our trades and the rookie draft, we'll do quite well next year. Uh, Jane 80. Yeah, well, um, I'm sure nothing that I'm going to say is any different to what people have either noticed themselves or what you guys have just said. It was a, uh, <clears throat> a pretty frustrating year in the end. I think everybody was uh, tantalised by the great start, but then after the Hawthorne game, it all seemed to go downhill for all the reasons that you went into. Um, my take on the, uh, the listings pretty much... I'm all right with all of them. Um, I think Harvey was probably the most worthy of going on next year, but even his poor games were becoming more frequent. Um, obviously, the other three, Burrito, uh, Petrie and Del Santo, all were showing, showing signs of basically being finished. So I don't think necessarily... It's a big surprise. I mean, the way they did it was a big surprise. I, I can remember getting that email and going, hang on a sec, really? But it was the way it happened for lots of different reasons. Um, Brad McKenzie, well, I think him and Mullet were probably not really going to be in the plans to be those 
those those back defending types. Um, it's just obviously with the injuries to Wright and um, Luke McDonald, it was just it, they, they, were the, they were the next people that were capable at the time. I I, I tend to think of um, a back linker particularly as someone who will either get the ball and a lot and use it and run and, and do all that sort of stuff um, or be a lockdown kind of defender. And both of those guys were neither of those this season. Mullet has the capability to do it. He has done it in the past, but didn't really do it this year for um, for whatever reason. Um, so I can, I'm not surprised with McKenzie's listing at all. I don't think there's anything that he offers that we couldn't get from Marley Williams coming in or from a draft day or, or one of the guys from the previous drafts. So reasonably comfortable with that. Um, so, yeah, but I mean... It's going to be a. It's going. To, one thing. It's going to be a very, very different year. I don't think. I can't remember the last game I watched. It didn't have one of Petrie, Harvey, Ferrito in it. It's going to be a, a completely new experience. Um. So it'd be really interesting, and obviously with Wells leaving as well. So there'll be um, interesting times at Arden Street. Yep. It is um, the dawn of a new era, and it's it is good to see. Um. I just want to touch on a couple of things. I mean, I know. I know we mentioned. Brad McKenzie, you both said, well, you know, not surprised, you know, good luck elsewhere sort of thing. I'm actually a little bit surprised, but that's more given the amount of games that were pumped into him. Yes, you know, due to injuries, but there are other players I thought that could have taken it on. But then I know you guys are saying in the pre-show that it reminds you of someone else that was had games pumped into them. And then it was, yeah, thanks for your services and good luck elsewhere. And that was Will Sirikowski. Um, and you were saying that you could sort of almost draw parallels between them because you could say, oh, they were maybe a stopgap player. It was a case of um, for the here and now, but really not for the long term until we get something that's coming and it's better and all the rest of it. Um, do you think that Marley Williams will be um, round one starting in the 22 next year? I think um, he'll get a go. Yeah. He'll, he'll definitely get a go unless he's obviously injured or has an absolutely horrid pre-season, I think they'll they'll give him first crack at it. Yep. Well, 2015, he was one of the best small defenders, if not the best small defender in the league. Like, he was very close to that. This year, he had a, he had a bad year. He had a lot of off-season issues, etc., etc. I'm not going into him because everyone knows him. He has that potential to be that lockdown, pacey, half-back flanker, that, you know, clicks at 20 disposals, locks out that dangerous small forward... And judging by Cam Joyce's interview earlier today on radio, he's actually mentioned Williams, that the pickup was mentioned. And he goes, yes, this allows us to push up, for example, Atley will be one of the persons looked at to be pushed up the field. There's also McDonald's name's been floated all off-season so far, about pushing further up the wing or as a utility or midfielder. So it, it adds that flexibility for our squad that we, I think we need for our midfield going forward. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so sorry, sorry for the delay. Um, what about going forward, um, Hrovat and Young Hearn, Paul Hearn? Um, how do you see them putting in? Will they be um, in the twenty-two early on, or will they have to even um, just wait a bit? Um, unlike, unlike Marley. Yeah, well, Hearn's out pretty much all of next year, so that's a given. But um, Hofrat was also mentioned by Cam Joyce as someone that's going to probably take Boomer's spot alongside. You'll be probably competing with Garner 
maybe Turner for that half-forward spot alongside Higgins. So it'll be very interesting how we set up our forward line. So we, we certainly have <coughs> options up forward, but it's how to find that right balance between talls and smalls. Yeah, so, yeah, I tend to agree. I think Dull, he'll be there or thereabouts. He, he, to me, he'll probably be that, that you know, 20, um, 21st or 22nd player, maybe even coming off the bench and, and, and playing, like you said, the, the boomer role. Um, it'll be actually quite interesting from my point if they do go with um, Hrovat as a half-forward, um, whether or not they will use um, Mason Wood's athleticism and maybe get him to do sort of a sort of a, a high half-forward, almost a winger type, and then coming back down into the forward line to sort of, you know, take advantage of any mismatches or anything like that. So... It certainly gives. I think both. I all of oh, both of those two guys, um, being Williams and Hrovat, do give us a bit more flexibility. Gives us a chance to even try a plan B or something like that. So yeah. So I, I think um, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. Just going forward, just while you're on that sort of on that subject, while I've got you, um, do you think with the two of them and putting Hearn aside, because I briefly forgot, you know, a long term injury. But with Hrovat and Williams, either of you, do you think that'll create more competition for spots or will it be more a case of a shuffling of the deck chairs and, like you said, enabling like a Mason Wood or a, or a uh, sorry, a Luke McDonald um, and maybe a Sean Atlee to sort of move into the middle or move up the wing and further up? Um, is it a competition for spots type thing? Does it create more intensity there or is it really a case of this gives us more flexibility with um, structure. A bit of both. I think a bit of both. Um, uh, basically, I think I find that football's definitely going more, it's going to be more of a squad game in the future. So you might not necessarily have your same 22 every week. And I think, so to, to, a, to a degree, there'll be comp- competition for spots, but you're probably going to be, by having this variety and allowing people to play multiple roles, we can have a bit more of a fluid side because, well, particularly when the injuries hit last year, we had no choice. We had we had to play Petrie. We had to play these guys um, because they were the only ones either ready to play or that could play that particular position. So it meant we had to play that certain style. Um, but obviously, more depth and more variety just gives us the opportunity to to become more flexible. So I think. Ultimately, it is a case of flexibility, but to a certain degree, also, yeah, the competition for spots. And that's that's what I'm hoping for, and um, and I'm really hoping that some of those players coming in can push the guys who were who everyone would think were a little bit more established. Whether it be a, a Luke McDonald, yes, he'd be coming back from injury or multiple injuries, and Sam Wrightman gets back, and just pushing them that bit further. If bringing them in um, pushes them further, then I'm all for it, and I think. Um, Next year is just going to be extremely exciting. I mean, putting aside, you know, Petrie and, and Boomer and all the rest of it going, I, as someone said, it'd be hearts to hearts or Beatron in one of the goodbye and thank you threads. I mean, the club is, has been around for X amount of years and it will be, it'll continue to be around. The players won't be. They're just, you know, they're sort of in and out the door. They're just here at the moment. And they, and these days, you know, players are going all over the place, whether you've got a contract or not, you can pick and choose. So look, the club is here, the players have moved on. You Literally, you just have to move on now and just get on with it. So um, I think, yeah, we're in for exciting times. It doesn't matter if we finish sort of 
you know, I, oh, top four or mid or as long as, you know, they're competitive and they put in a bloody decent effort and we're not injured. I mean, I know that sounds almost a bit defeatist, but going forward, I, I mean, after this year, it's just a case of I don't really want to have, see sort of anywhere between 12 and 15 starting 18 players on the injuries list. Um, get over that. That'd be great. Um, and see, and also just to see how we cover what was Boomer Harvey's spot and then who takes over from Spud. And we, I mean, we all know what um, Petrie and even for uh, Nick Del Santo. So, um, yeah, exciting times. Um, now, have you got anything else either of you to add before we move into trades? Nope. Okay. Really. All right. National draft. So when I get it up, so the first four picks when it decides to load Kangas, have you got it for me? Uh, let me have a look. So Hang basically, sorry, right. uh, picks 11, 32, 33, 87, which is one before Hawthorne's very first pick. So whoever they want, we're going to grab with that one. Is <laughs> the general consensus, not just here, but on the North Melbourne Big Footy Board. Um, yep. <clears throat> I'm also told that one of our last picks will obviously have to be used for the upgrade of Braden Proust from the rookie to the senior list. Yep. Um, which is 140 something at a guess. We got 92, 123, and 141, so we'll use 141 on Prusy. No worries. And so you were saying earlier that you reckon we might go uh, 11, 32, 33, and 87 in the national draft, and the rest in the rookie draft. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, I think we'll certainly look to use that fourth pick, and then we'll use the other one to upgrade whoever we need to. So whether we look at someone like an Alonga or something like that at pick 87. Uh, <laughs> who would you use for your first pick? Have you got or uh, no? There's who? who oh, would you pick? there's a number of op- options, and we've been linked to a lot. Um, I'll quickly go with my just mine, and G and eighty can just jump in whenever. But for the first pick, <laughs> which will probably go maybe as far back as pick thirteen because of bidding academies and all that lovely points system. Thank you, academies. Um, Taranto, <laughs> Venables, and Florent are the three I'm probably looking at. In terms of, they all have good leg speed. They all have pretty good use of the football. Um, Taranto's a bit more of a half forward. Same with Venables. Florent's more of an actual proper midfielder. Uh, he's been compared to Andrew Gaff, so which isn't the worst <laughs> comparison. That's not, that's not too bad. I mean, this is a guy who. It's what we need. Yeah, we do. Yeah. But then you look yeah. at someone like um, a Tim Taranto, but then I think you'll go. Probably a little bit earlier. He's been, li- he's been linked earlier, yeah. around the eight, nine, ten. A lot of people have Gold Coast picking him up. What was same with Seaton in the top ten. Yeah, same with Petretsky <laughs> Seaton, which was another one that was linked to us. He's another half that, forward mid. Sam Petretsky Seaton, um, the other hyphen. He um, he's a likely top, but he also has been linked to Goels early as well. Um, so I guess if I will get to it's just who is a good question. So first case, so first thing you might go best available. The absolute best you can get straight up. I think we should target the absolute best midfielder time. Okay. Uh, GN80, pick 11. I'm, I'm, yeah, I mean, obviously, I mean, from what I've read about, particularly the Victorian kids, that um, Taranto seems like the one I would want. Um, however, the likelihood of him being there is, well, less than 50%. So, um the problem that I'm finding reading a lot of the phantom drafts and the, the profiles on the players is they all have a knock on them. And, I mean, that's that's what you get when you're picking with pick 13. But um, so, like, I mean, it could be, you know, inside midfielders that 
don't kick well or they could be fast players who don't kick or they can kick well but they're slow or they drift in and out of games. Um, I mean, obviously, a lot of that is going to be development. But so, I mean, out of the, I suppose, out of uh, what you guys have said, I probably uh, tend to agree with um, Kangaroos Forever in as much as, yeah, Venables, Taranto, seems like Florent will be the one that's probably going to be there or thereabouts. But you just hope that a premium guy just slips down because we need it, it seems like there's a few of them. Well, yeah. Okay. So <laughs> moving on. Picks, because we'll try and get this, wrap this up as quickly as we can. Um, 32 and 33, the next couple of picks. Um, at the moment, as it stands, with, with as Kangaroos Forever said, with Academy and Point System and all the rest of the la-di-da stuff that comes into it, um, that'll be bumped out a little bit. So we've been linked to, or some of the suggestions are, I should say, uh, Cedric Cox, Zach Fisher, Jordan Gallucci, Joe Attlee, brother of Sean. Also Dylan, um, Dylan Clark as well, which is Ryan's yeah, brother. Yeah, so having two sets of brothers potentially. Um, what is your take on that for 32, 30, well, okay, we'll call it 32 and 33 for the moment because that's how it stands. Um, a lot of guys in the North Pole were actually suggesting Joe Atlee, but okay, and then someone said Jordan Gallucci. And I thought, kidding, right? I'd be surprised if we took him there. Surely Jordan Gallucci slips a little bit further down. Um, Zach Fisher, I think you might have mentioned something, Kanga. Or was it Cedric Cox? No, no, it's, no. Uh, Cedric Cox, I think I mentioned quickly. <coughs> yeah. Well, who do you reckon for 32-33? I'll let Jane Hattie hit that up first. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, with, yeah, with 32, I'm, I sort of think, yeah, potentially... One of those safer type picks, but I'm, so yeah, so like, I mean, from what, what I, what I've read, um, Dylan Clark would probably be around about that mark. Um, I don't know whether it's just lazy journalism because his surname's Clark and he's the brother of Brian that we're being linked to him, but I mean, there, 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 there are some good write-ups on him, but with, um, say pick 33, I'm happy for us to take a flyer on somebody who, who might be, um, it might be, yeah, that just X-factor type of guy. So whether it be like a Cedric Cox or someone like that. Or, or, or Shea, that, um, Shea Bolton magically gets it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm happy with that sort of the thing. I mean, it's a, it is the good thing about having two picks back to back. You, you kind of can, I don't know, well, from a perception point of view, just take that second, that, that take a chance with that second pick because you've, you've got a little bit of protection there. Yeah, I, I tend to agree, and especially since... There seems to be a few inside types we can pick up anyway. So if we attack an actual you know, X-Factor type outside pacey player, I don't mind us taking two of them because <laughs> we need as much pace as we can get at North. So I'm, yeah. I totally agree with that. And yes, I do agree with the board that we do maybe need maybe one more long-term project in terms of an inside mid with the demise of Swallow within the next, well, let's just say, two years. We probably do need another replacement as backup. So maybe looking at someone like a Joe Atlee. Dylan Clark, I'm not as fussed on, mainly because I've read too much about his kicking. Um, but that that's the same criticism of a lot of them, that their kicking can be hit and miss with a lot of the players, including Joe Atlee. So it'll be interesting who we do pick up with picks 32 and 33. We have been linked to a Brennan Cox, who is a, more of a key defender, which is interesting. But I, I think we'll actually pick... A defender up, a mature rager up in the rookie draft. Mm. One I, I did forget 
um, and I should have mentioned earlier, GN80 is um, from a guy over your way. Is it uh, surname English? Tim English? Is that correct? Tim English. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Now, like I said, I think last season he was intending. Well, there was an intention there for him to actually go as a bottom major last year, um, but I don't know some some zone issue and prevented him from doing that. But it's well, I mean. And then that's that's the next thing. Like that could be that quality person that slips to thirteen or or eleven or wherever we end up. Um, from the sound of it, he's a big guy that can move really, really, really well. But at the same time, as far as Ruckman go, is is a uh, is a is a is a, a you know a, a DFA pick or a um, or a rookie pick. You know, an experienced Ruckman because ultimately he's not going to see much while Goldie's still there. So. Yeah, it's a yeah. Uh, and then with um, I would be a list manager. Yeah, exactly. So is it is it really something that we need? And even then, we can pick someone up very late in the draft. Like we've been linked a lot, but to a Tony Alonga, who's a bit of a Northern Territory prospect as well, who's another ruckman. So it, there is options there. And there's also options for key position defenders if we need to pick one up in the rookie draft. We there are decent enough defenders. There, say if Thompson decides to go a bit earlier, etc. Mm-hmm. Looking yeah, I mean, towards, sorry, just the rest of the um, the national draft. Um, don't need to go through them. Um, is there anyone else that you'd pick up with the remaining picks, assuming you use four picks in the national draft? Yep, four picks and then upgrades, and that's all I do. And that pick eighty was eighty seven, wasn't it? Eighty seven, yeah. one before Hawthorne. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that. Um, I will pick up a longer at that cause, just because it's such a cool name and the fact that it is a project Ruckman as well because I think Bruce has kind of graduated from that project Ruckman so we can move on to our next one. <laughs> did, I, did I hear you say earlier actually, it might have been pre-show, something about a longer was in something, is there a link to the mafia or something? Oh, a link to a criminal cartel was a comment by Arjun, I have to find it, it was very funny. <laughs> It was like Mr. Tony Alonga, Mr. Mafia Man or something like that. <laughs> as long as it's all PC, we're all cool with that. Yeah, that's <laughs> fine. Like going with that. <laughs> I was getting a bit funny about that. Um, shit. Uh, okay, so is it question time? Are we ready for that? Uh, I am. You? You, you are. <laughs> oh, you guys are ready. So our first one comes from ex-podcaster, or he's not tonight anyway. He's not here. Um, he says, Jay-Z, I know it's not 100% North-related, but if you were in Hawthorne's position, would you have given up Sam Mitchell, Jordan Lewis, and the entire 2016 draft essentially for Jay Garamira? Jan, hey, go for it. Um, yeah, look, I mean, I think this argument um, is uh, pretty, it's pretty similar to another argument that's been on the North board for the best part of a year. And that is, I think you really have to look at the entire package of what's going on in that whole period. You've got to remember also that Tom Mitchell has come across as well. So essentially what you're saying is you're trading Tom Mitchell, Jaeger Amira for Lewis Mitchell and essentially your draft. So I think you do have to look at it all in a, in a package, so to speak, as a and the obviously the comparison I'm making there is the whole Jed Anderson argument, which I don't think you'll ever get ever get sorted out. I think there'll always be... It'll lead to the next world war, I think. Um, we didn't necessarily give up 15 for him. If you look at it, it gave us the opportunity to get Bastanak out and get the picks back, which resulted in... What's his name? Mackay. 
So, so I think it really is a case of, I mean, obviously it's going to, it will still hinge on Omera getting fit and, and actually playing. I think, um, obviously I think Hawthorne probably more relieved that the Omera trade actually ended up going through because had they lost those players and Gold Coast stood firm and didn't budge and the trade of the future picks didn't go through and Omera stayed, well, went to the draft and ended up in Essendon, I think then that would have been a massive issue for for the Hawks. But um, keeping in mind the ages of the players involved and the potential upside, why not have a go? Well, you're a braver person than I am if your answer is yes, because I personally wouldn't have. But um, I really... I would have. Well, have a think a bit about it this way. Um, Tom Mitchell, like he's a, he's a good midfielder. If... He's an outstanding midfielder. If you watch his grand final, he's brilliant. If you can get O'Meara up and running, let's just say if we get him up and running, it is worth that risk. Because look, looking at the ages of Mitchell, what, Mitchell's what, 34? Lewis. Correct. He'll be 35 by the time, I think, by the time the, start, the season starts. So. Look, yeah, maybe one to two, two seasons, absolute max, you can see him going on. Particularly if he keeps playing that inside tight role. Lewis, how, how many years do you think he's got left? Two, three years. I- I'd say two. He thinks three, but <laughs> it is two. I'd lean towards two. Yeah, yeah. Oh, exactly. But I mean, you're like get... he's, he's signed a three-year deal, so. But yeah, I think, and even then, his output probably very similar to to Harvey. He's, he wasn't quite the peak of what he was. Yeah. So that, I mean, not to say that he's dramatically regret, but it's obviously starting. Well, Mitchell, I think, is an upgrade long term. Of if you can get yeah. Mitchell, yeah. is younger. He's a proven yep. performer on the biggest stage. He's done that a couple, yep. couple times. And if you can get Amir, as I said, Amir is brown mode type player. Like he, he can win one if he's up and running. So it is Absolutely. worth the risk. Though I'm probably more the glass half full type of bloke. So I keep I in mind know. also they're coming on three three premierships. You probably can take that risk. Whereas as if say it was us or or you know a team that haven't won for a while, you're probably going to be a little bit more. Um, a little bit more conservative about it because you haven't had that you haven't had that um, that premiership in recent history, whereas yeah. they have. <laughs> so you know the off field has been fantastic for them since they've got those premierships. They've you know all, they're still going to have a relatively strong side. I don't think they'll be the the side even that they were this year, but that doesn't necessarily mean they'll be a bad side. Yeah, well they've got the second hardest draw apparently statistically or something like that for what the fifth year running they've had the hardest sort of second hardest draw so they'll definitely drop down the ladder but probably they'll still be top eight quite easily and just further to that with Hawthorne if you're talking about they also have apparently the most amount of um, quick turnarounds in terms of six days which um, which is exactly good to know that another (laughs) club's experiencing it for a change that it's not us Um, but yeah (laughs) Uh, yeah moving forward Um, good answer so moving forward uh, hope I get this guy's name correct, or sorry, or less. Disco Mute. I've looked into my crystal ball for the 2020 season. The hell? Okay. One of our recent recruits, he's written a rent, I think he means, oh, sorry, Ahern, Williams and Robat won the Sid Barker medal. Which one won it and why? I'll go first. Ahern, simply because he's got the most talent out of the three. He has the highest ceiling out of all three. If he can get on the park, he, he'll he be one of our best players. But then he says in his follow-up question, then 
one of those three never played a senior game for us, which one and why? Ahern, Williams, Rovat. This is from Disco Mute. He won't play one. Who will not play a senior game, um, but why? Yeah, so... I think all three will play. Oh, they'll definitely all play, but if you had to pick one, you'd have to pick Williams. And considering that we're playing Fantasyland, yeah, he retired because he won the lotto. Yeah, because I mean, it's, it's, it, that's how unlikely it is that not one of those guys will play it. Those guys will play at least some games. Yeah, oh, I agree with that. Yeah, it's a pretty hard one to pick when you've got those three, the players or caliber, I should say, of those well, three players. Well, re- refacing refacing that question for him, he will probably play the least games out of that in terms of like, will Williams say be delisted by twenty twenty? Will Hovrat be delisted by twenty twenty? Will Hearn be delisted by twenty twenty? He's the most likely not to make it at North. Like, he'll be best 22 in 2020. You would only have to say a Hearn purely because of injury. Yeah. Like, like, that's the only reason why he would, would be out of those lot playing the least amount of games. Um, if he's fit, I could see all three of them still being in the squad at that time. Right. Yeah, it'll be interesting just to see how the development goes. Well, I know a lot of people are a bit pessimistic about development. I know we bagged it in the last podcast, but... It'd be very interesting to see how we actually start developing this youth now, so we'll start to focus on it more. Whether we can actually develop it or they all turn into outlays. Sorry, Quiv. Uh, so did you have Mr. Positivity Quiv on last episode, did you? Yeah, yes, no? Mr. Positivity. Oh, okay. oh, I've been away from you. Um, our next question comes from Gasometer. Why, Jesus Christ, why was Will Minson not looked at as a backup for Goldie, Bruce, Madge, and Brown. He says, the club shit, needs mate. a fifth string ruck that never plays a game. Sorry, go on. He's a shit ruck, that's why. <laughs> Putting it bluntly. <laughs> Excuse my French, can, but... Can I just say that any person who has been in the same team as that moron egotist, Redpath, has no sense, has no moral reason to be at North Melbourne. They can get stuffed. What's the, what's the story of Redpath? Oh, uh, He's well, may as well. We've only gone for half now. Like an hour and a half. Um, he is just an angry, self-entitled piece of work, and I'm trying not to swear for a change. I've never seen so much crap from someone who doesn't want to be at the VFL, does not want to be playing at the Witten, sorry, West VU, whatever the hell their name is. That's great. So, yeah. are we talking about Redpath or Vincent? Well, Redpath, because you asked me about, he asked me about that, but yeah, I was saying that the two of them feed off each other, and it's just, it is just shit. Um, yeah, red pass. I've got no time for. I would if he was on fire, I wouldn't piss on him. Oh, so <laughs> he got a <laughs> foot scrape. Oh, yes, <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> um, oh, you got a. You know, I know you hate him. Oh, he's done some pretty disgraceful acts at VFL. Um, it is St Kilda. <laughs> Kangaroos forever. Did you ask a question? Did you? Did oh, I? no, that's just you saying you should be up on a later last podcast. Oh, yeah, no, Disco Mute then says, no, 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 how to pronounce his name. Yes, yeah, so I hope we covered that for you. And guess so. And I think that's it. I've got someone on Ignore, so I can't see who that is. That's all right. Uh, might have another question. Oh, no, this, this doesn't make sense. It's from a drunk poster on Facebook, actually. So we're not going to go there. Um, yeah, so is there anything else you want to cover before we head off tonight? Because it is getting a bit late. I've got Hang um, all good. Well, I suppose that's it for the final podcast of the year before. We probably head into Christmas, and we might even do an outtakes one if... Um, I can be bothered. If 
Yeah. Can't be bothered, or if I bribe kangaroos for enough. So if everyone can just get on his case, that'd be great. And please don't message me because I haven't been on every podcast this year. So if your question hasn't been answered and I haven't been on, don't send me a ridiculous PM about it when I'm overseas. Because that's just not... And if you haven't bothered to listen to the podcast, Gasso, I'm looking at you. Um, <laughs> and everyone else, yeah, thanks. Been a good year. We'll probably see you in the new year. And if not, we'll probably do one for the Loogie Henson special outtakes. Uh, tonight, I'm Nate Seven, joined by Kangaroos Forever and GN80, all the way from WA. Thanks and good night. Thank you. Thanks.